Radio Parfait. I'm on. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm this sure. This time? I'm just... Yeah. We good? We um, copacetic? We kosher? Yeah. It's only going to be one take this time. We don't get it the first time, then I'm just going to say, fuck it, and I'll fix it in post. Okay. Hey, guys. I'm Kevin. I'm Stephanie. Welcome to Open a Fucking Book, our weekday cliff notes. Fix it in edition. post. You sound so professional. <laughs> Furthest thing from. I know. But yeah. it sounded like I'll fix it in post. I'll fix it in post. I'm so important. I'll bring up all my gadgets and gadgets and fix it later, which I of which Who's I have what's none. Who's it's and what's galore. That's right. So uh, apparently we're going to have a longer show than I thought. I didn't realize you had so many books that you wanted to get to. And well, I, I mean, I, I can talk about them really fast. Well, you spend as much time on them as you feel you need to spend on them. They were I, just... I, I felt bad in the past. I mean, we talk about these books as just kind of a read, a synopsis. Well, what do you think? Oh, it sounds good. Okay. And then we move on to the next one. We don't really put any feeling into what we're talking about. So you, you put as much feel. You talk about them for as long as you feel you need to talk about them because I'm going to do something a little new with the books I'm covering. I actually have some snippets of a couple of them that I'm going to read. And um, one of them I don't need to read any snippets from because everybody will admit and then uh, another one, um, I got some information off from the author, actually, about the book that I'll, you know, it's, I, you know, I want to put a little bit more into it so people kind of understand what they're getting. So you, you spend as much time on, on the books as you want. Well, I I was looking around. You know, it it is fall now, officially autumn. I know. And it's exciting. It is. Because it's my favorite time of year. I... My favorite time of the year is that that point where it's not so cold to where, you know, your spit freezes in midair, but it's definitely cold enough to see your breath when you breathe. That's when I'm at my happiest, when I can go outside in pants and short sleeves and a wind comes through and I kind of get that shiver and uh, that's when I'm, I'm happy. When I have to debate on whether or not I should put booties on the dog when we go for a walk, make sure his feet aren't too cold, that's what I'm happy with. You like late fall, early winter. I like late summer, early fall. I like late fall into the near the end of winter. That's my time because I love winter too. Yeah, I hate I, like I hate the air. cold. I like cold. I like but cold weather. I like any time I can wear jeans and a hoodie. But for me, that's... All year round. Yeah. Because I, I wear a hoodie in the summer. Sometimes. But, so, I was like, alright, I'm going to look up some horror books. See what, you know, gets me going. This book just came out September 22nd. Mm-hmm. I already ordered it. Okay. Of course you did. With my own money. So, quit crying. We're married. <laughs> you say, like, my own money like it means something. Okay, it wasn't, I didn't buy it from our joint account. 
I bought it from my own personal account. Yeah. See, this is how she has her own personal <laughs> account. We have a joint account, and I just, I'm fucked. I have two personal accounts. Exactly. <laughs> and we have a joint account. Yeah, and I have nothing for myself. So, <laughs> welcome to marriage. Yes. Okay, so it's called White Fox by Sarah Faring. Mm-hmm. And it's a ghost story about two sisters who uncover their long-missing mother's screenplay about the spooky goings-on of a remote island from their childhood. Um, It's technically a YA book, but it's scary enough for any adult. Uh, What happens is, I guess, uh, the from reading the actual synopsis, I don't have that much here in front of me, the girls move away from the island and they separate and then when the mother dies they both get drawn back to the island and they find the screenplay and then spooky shit starts happening so i thought that was cool i like spooky shit i do too and then this next book doesn't come out until september 29th so i, I didn't so get it's coming up yeah coming up so i'm kind of excited to see it because i finally watched interstellar with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, and... Yeah. and uh, uh, and uh, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway and a boatload of other people. Uh, Jessica Chastain is in it. And uh, Ben Affleck's little brother. Casey. Casey Affleck is in it. It's a great movie. Neil and- deGrasse Tyson says that it, it's pro- it might be one of the closest things to actually being inside of a black hole. So if, he ha- if it has his approval, then I'm all on board. Okay, well, this, it's called, the book is called The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Um, it's a supernatural novel that centers around a library where each book represents a different life you could have lived. The protagonist, Nora, finds herself faced with all the different possibilities. Think of it as one part arrival and one part uh, Matthew McConaughey's weird bookshelf in Interstellar. Yeah. So... That's what kind of drew me in because you're kind of, well, for, for one, when I read a book, I'm in the book and my focus is nowhere else. And I see the world, I'm enveloped within it. And when I saw him behind the bookcase and saw all the other bookcases. Well, pretty much all the other realities that he yeah. could go through. Yeah. I thought that was neat and I, I would have dreams like that. Like you could possibly go through all these different parts and pick up where you left off or whatnot. So seeing a horror book or supernatural book with the same premise, I think it's going to be really neat to read about. Yeah, that reminds me of um, it, we we covered it a few weeks back by Shannon Hale, that kind of a big deal where the girl read a book and then she's in the book until she like finishes it, then she comes out, and then she reads another one, she goes back in, and, and the more she reads, the longer she's in the book. That's kind of on the same, a little bit kind of on the same wavelength where the person's actually going into the story. Yeah, but this has a supernatural twist, so I'm, I'm kind of eager to see what that's about. Okay. So... This next book, I read the reviews, some of them, and it cracked me up because people are so fucking stupid. The title, and I think the title gives it away right here. Mm-hmm. I am a therapist and my patient is going to be the next school shooter. Yeah. 
And I, I told you, oh, yeah, I've seen them advertise that on Facebook. Yeah, it's uh, an LGBT horror fiction. Mm-hmm. Fiction. Yep. Six Patient Files That Will Keep You Up at Night by Dr. Harper. So I'm, I'm going through the reviews after reading the synopsis. And people are giving it one star, saying... I thought this was nonfiction. I was excited to read it because I thought these were going to be true stories. Never mind you that it's a number one bestseller in LGBT horror fiction. All these people are bitching because these are not true stories. Well, people also have to understand that a doctor patient confidentiality can't really put out people's files for a book. Without their permission. Without their permission. Or they have to die. I think even Or family to, permission. Yeah, yeah, it has to be family permission after they die. But I don't think... Yeah, I don't think most of the people are going to let that come out. Yeah, and there, it's book one of three. The third one came out March of 2020. And I just... I want to get this book. Um, I went to go order it. It wouldn't get here until October, and I'm impatient, so I'm going to wait until they get more in stock and then order it, and, you know, I just, I want to read it because it sounds like fun, and I I loved the Asylum series by Madeline Ruth so much that, you know, reading, even though it's fiction, but reading from a therapist's point of view would be... It almost seems like it's going to be like... Now, I know you saw the movie, but you never read the book. But World War Z was is a collection of stories as told by the people who lived during the zombie apocalypse after it was pretty much over. And that's what it is. is a guy is going around to all these other people and writing these stories. It seems like the therapist is taking all these files and putting them down, writing a story. So you're seeing it from her perspective, but you're also seeing it from the perspective of the patient. Yeah, there's uh, there's one that swears they have telepathy or something like that. And I mean, that should have given it away as fiction well, then, too. Have, there, there's a lot of people who aren't quite right in the head who think they have that type of stuff going on. So that I one, know, it just it Coming from a therapist office, you never know what you're going to hear. Uh, a patient... With OCD, whose loved ones really did suffer every time he missed a ritual. A choir boy who claimed he was being molested, not by a priest, but by God himself. Ooh. A patient with PTSD who gave me nightmares. A husband and wife who accused each other of abuse, and only one of them was telling the truth. And how could I ever forget patient number 220? The problem is, my patients have the habit of dying. So... It sounds really, really interesting. Yeah. And then the last book, I do believe I did order this one. It's called The Ghost Tree by Christina Henry. When the bodies of two girls are found torn apart in the town of Smith's Hollow, Lauren is surprised but also expects that the police won't find the killer. After all, the year before, her father's body was found with his heart missing, and since then everyone has moved on. Even her best friend, Miranda, has become more interested in boys than in spending time at the old ghost tree, the way they used to when they were kids. So when Lauren has a vision of a monster dragging the remains of the girls through the woods, she knows she can't just do nothing. 
Not like the rest of her town, but as she draws closer to answers, she realizes that the foundation of her seemingly normal town might be rotten at the center, and that if nobody else stands for the missing, she will. So, I guess I'll find out if it's really a ghost, or... I, I guess you will, since you apparently bought it. Well, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Is that all you got? Uh, yeah, those are the four books that I looked at. Okay. Well, let's get to some uh, some news, book news, author news, before we get to my four books of the week. First off, we're going to talk about Sam McBratney, author of the children's classic book, Guess How Much I Love You. A lot. He died at age 77. The author, who was born in Belfast, died on the 18th. His publisher, Walker Books, announced Monday... The tale of two nut-brown hares who tried to express their affection for each other became a children's classic. First published in 1994, it has been translated into 57 languages and sold more than 50 million copies worldwide. So, that sucks. May he rest in literary heaven. Fantasy author Terry Goodkind, known for his long-running The Sword of Truth series, died age 72 his agent confirmed his passing to tour books and tour.com and the last piece of news book news we have uh tributes will be paid to winston groom the author of the novel forrest gump he also died at age 77 his work was adapted into the 1994 blockbuster film starring tom hanks forrest gump was a cultural sensation grossed more than $683 million at the global box office on its way to winning six Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Actor. Winston Groom signed books at a New York City bookstore in 1995. Following the success of Forrest Gump, Groom wrote a follow-up in 95 called Groom, Grump and Co. As well as fiction, Groom, a former journalist, also wrote nonfiction on a range of, sub- of subjects, including the American Civil War. And, of course, we all know that RBG passed away. She um, was an author, too. She she was an author, too, mostly known for being the first Jewish woman on Supreme Court. She was brought in by Clinton. She tried to make it. I think we were all just kind of hoping for a couple more months, at least, and didn't happen. She fought hard. So, pancreatic cancer. Scary times are ahead of us, but she's right now sitting and uh, resting in state at the, uh, I believe the Capitol building she's in. No, one of the buildings in, in Washington for viewing for the next few days. Which sucks, but it is part of life. All right, let's get to our books. Okay. So the first one, we'll start with fiction, is Solutions and Other Problems by Allie Broche. For the first time in seven years, Allie Brush, beloved author and artist of the extraordinary number one New York Times bestseller, Hyperbole and a Half, returns with a new collection of comedic, autobiographical, and illustrated essays. Solutions and other problems include humorous stories from Allie's childhood, the adventures of her very bad animals, merciless dissection of her own character flaws, incessive essays on grief, loneliness, powerlessness, and as well as reflection on the absurdity of modern life. This full-color, 
beautifully Ill illustrated edition features all new material with more than 1,600 pieces of art. Solutions and Other Problems marks the return of a beloved American humorist who has, quote, the observational skills of a scientist, the creativity of an artist, and the wit of a comedian. That quote is from none other than Bill Gates. Ooh. It is from Gallery Books, comes out September, 528 pages. I do have a little insert that I would want to read. It's it's uh, pretty much pretty much the prologue. Uh, introduction. Balloon. I saw a balloon going 90 miles per hour. It was tied to a truck, so there was an explanation for it. But I don't know. I guess you still never expect to see a balloon going that fast. Balloons aren't designed for that. They aren't aerodynamic enough. This one was wobbling all around in spastic little circles, making a sound like... It seemed generally out of control. I was laughing so hard, I had to pull over. I feel just like that balloon. And uh, then the next one goes on to how, how when she, her first memory of being helpless when she was like three and stuck sideways inside a bucket. And I read that one, and it was funny, but I didn't add it in here. If you want to read the rest, you'll have to go get the book. And that's just a little snippet. I think it was funny. It it sounds funny. It sounds familiar. <laughs> I think we all sometimes feel like that balloon. No, I meant stuck sideways in a bucket. Oh. <laughs> I, I think we all feel like that balloon sometimes. I imagine the balloon, did she say the balloon was red? I imagine the balloon being red. I think you can imagine the balloon being any color you want. I imagine it, be. it being red, mostly because either the <laughs> of the balloon is just my general rage at the world, and when you think of rage, you usually think of the color red. I suppose. Today's episode is brought to you by our brand new exclusive discount code for thebeardstruggle.com. Ladies, you know that man in your life with the big, beautiful beard, or the one trying to grow a beard even if it's just a little stubble? Well, what you might not know is that the skin underneath all that face fur can get dried out and super itchy, causing scratching that leads to flaking, and if there's anything worse than head dandruff, it's beard dandruff. That's why we've teamed up with TheBeardStruggle.com. They know what goes into having a big, glorious beard, hence the name. And they've created some of the best products in the market to help the man in your life tame those majestic chin locks and soothe the skin underneath. Be it the day and night oils, which keep the beard soft and the skin moisturized, and they smell great by the way, or the beard straightener that calms those extra curly face hairs and makes that beard look fuller and healthier. Kevin uses these products and his beard has never looked, felt, or smelled better, and I, I really enjoy playing with his beard now. TheBeardStruggle.com uses 100% all-natural ingredients, they never test on animals, and have a 90-day money-back guarantee. All you have to do is go to TheBeardStruggle.com, all one word, or click on the link in the show notes, and don't forget to use our exclusive discount code, AUDIO15, for 15% off at checkout. That's A-U-D-I-O-1-5 for 15% off your entire order. Go now! So, for our nonfiction, again... So many books out there about the decline of the country mm. and uh, everything's going on with the president. Mm. So it's kind of hard to get away from. So I feel like we need to talk about it. Well, wait. You want to hear a funny? Somebody stole my 
in losses Trump's flag from their front porch. Theft is not a, a, a no, theft but is not comical. Just the night before, you were talking about should I go steal my parents' Trump flag? No, I wanted to go set it on fire. <laughs> but so she called me. My mom called me. She's like, "Hey, do your do your uh, home security cameras point at our front porch?" And, no, points at your back porch. Make sure there's nobody going in your back door. Why? She's like, well, somebody came and stole our Trump's uh, flag. And, and I was like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, oh, I God. do not want people going into my parents' yard to steal their shit. I'm not, it was just ironic. I'm not upset that the flag's gone, but I don't like people stealing shit from my parents, so I'm con- it, it's convoluted for me. It was just ironic okay. is all. But, but again, to the book. All, you know, a lot of nonfiction books out there right now about Trump and his his office and everything that goes around with him. So I'm pro, so I'm against. So we're going to cover this, our nonfiction book, Friends, the Official Cookbook Ooh. by Amanda Yee. The ultimate Friends fan needs this Friends, the Official Cookbook by, uh, it's a quote from Pop Sugar. Gather your friends and prepare to say, how you doing? To more than a hundred recipes inspired by the beloved hit sitcom. Whether you're a seasoned chef like Monica Geller, just starting a catering business like Phoebe Buffet, or a regular old food enthusiast like Joey Triviani, Friends the Official Cookbook offers a variety of recipes for chefs of all levels, from appetizers to main course, and from drinks to desserts. Each chapter includes iconic treats such as Monica's Friendsgiving feast, Rachel's trifle that had meat in it. It tasted like feet, apparently. Ladyfingers and shepherd's pie. Just for Joey Fries, Chandler's milk you can chew, Phoebe's grandmother's cookies, which are just Toll House cookies, and of course, the Moist Maker. Uh, Do you remember the Moist Maker? No. The Moist Maker, if I remember right, was the piece of bread that Ross would soak up the gravy with and put in the middle of his day after Thanksgiving Day sandwich. Yes, yes, yes. I've seen Friends once or twice. Uh, Complete with more than 70 recipes and a beautiful full-colored photography, this charming cookbook is both a helpful companion for home cooks and a fun homage to the show that's always been there for you. It is from Insight Editions, September 2020, 176 pages. I might get that. That's It sounds like fun. Yeah. I mean, because oh. I love to cook. You love to cook. Does any of you put a turkey on your head with the big sunglasses? And, and the, then do the, 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 the booby shimmy. shimmy. Yeah. Now to our kids' book. It's, it's both not better and better than our last kids' book. <sighs> it's It's... It's not better than our last kid's book, just on the fact that our last kid's book was so hilarious. But it is better than our last kid's book because it it actually means something, and it's actually saying something. Kids can actually get something from this. Is the other book, Hookers of Blow Save Christmas, was mostly just funny. This one, I think, people will actually get something from. So it's all Because You Matter by Tammy Charles and illustrated by Brian Collier. A lyrical, heart-lifting love letter to black and brown children everywhere, reminding them how much they matter, 
that they have always mattered, and that they always will. From powerhouse rising star author Tammy Charles and esteemed award-winning illustrator Brian Collier. Poignant, timely, and emotional stirring picture book, an ode to black and brown children everywhere that is full of hope, assurance, and love. Tammy Charles pens a poetic, lyrical text that is part love letter, part anthem, assuring readers that they that they always have and always will matter. This powerful rhythmic lullaby reassures readers that their matter and their worth is never diminished, no matter the circumstance. Through the joy and wonder of their first steps and first laugh, through the hardships of adolescent struggles and the pain and heartbreak of current events, they always have and always will matter. Accompanied by illustrations by renowned artist Brian Collier, a four-time Caldcott Honor Recipient and a nine-time Coretta Scott King Award winner or honoree, all because you matter empowers readers with pride, joy, and comfort, reminding them that their roots and strengthening them for the days to come. Lyrical, personal, and full love, All Because You Matter, is for the picture book audience what The Hate You Give was for the YA and the Ghost Boys was for the middle grade. A conversation starter, a community touchstone, and a deep, deep affirmation of worth for the young reader who need it most. Now, according to a YouTube video I saw with the author, she wrote the book for her son. She knew that when he went to school, that there would be moments that he felt scared, out of place. So she wrote it for him so he could always remember that he mattered. The illustrator says that when he was drawing, he started with the shape of a petal. And over the course of the book, it morphs into the sky, faces and images of ancestors. And essentially, the petal blossomed into the flower, which is the book. Aww. It's from Orchard Books. Uh, published date says October 2020. It's only 40 pages. It's from ages 4 to 8, but Tammy, the, the author, uh, Miss Charles, if you will, has said that she believes that young children, teenagers, adults of any race, sex, creed will be able to see themselves somehow in this book, that they matter. At some point in your life, you felt like you didn't matter. And this is pretty much saying, yes, you did. And you always have. Yeah. Because there, nobody other than maybe the president has ever thought that everybody at some point has felt like they, didn't they don't matter. Like nothing I'm doing matters. Me being here doesn't matter. And this, it's a simple children's book that's there to tell you, hey, yeah, you do. And I think for a lot of people that is needed, especially right now. I, I have a couple friends that are pregnant or just had babies that I think would be a nice gift to give them. Mm -hmm. Or anybody with just young kids, even, you know, it says it's for ages four to eight. So, you know, anything in that area, maybe a little older, a little younger. I think it'd be perfect for. Yeah. Yeah. And last, not least, I this sounded like something that you would like. That's why I grabbed it, obviously. The whole reason I do YA books on here is because I know 
the vast majority of you could do YA or adult contemporary. It's it's the YA genre that comes up, not adult contemporary, because most it's a very fine line. It's a very blurry fine line. Yeah, they're pretty much the same thing. So this is called "The Left-Handed Booksellers of London" by Garth Nix. What? I already want it. <laughs> no, I I've already seen people talking about it. <laughs> it's got it's got left-handed in it, so she's hooked there. Booksellers, so she's hooked there, and then London, so she's all over it. No, it has nothing to do with the time. I I I'm in like umpteen hundred author groups, book groups, book related groups. I'm aware. Yeah. This isn't the first time this book has been brought up to me. Okay, well, I'm going to read a synopsis of it, and then I'm going to read a little bit of the prologue. When does that book come out? Uh, I'll get to it. Just a little bit Just a little bit of the flavor. Okay. Just, just tickle the hairs are you, a little are, bit. Are you tickling, yeah, tickling tickle, the balls on yeah, your chin? Yeah, I'm, tick, I'm tickling my hairs a little bit. A girl's quest to find her father leads her to an extended family of magical fighting booksellers who police the mythical old world of England, what an intrigue when it intrudes on the modern world, from the best-selling master of teen fantasy, Garth Nix. In a slightly alternate London, in 1983, Susan Arkshaw is looking for her father, a man she has never met. Crime boss Frank Thringley might be able to help her, but Susan doesn't get time to ask Frank any questions before he is turned to dust by the prick of a silver hat pin in the hands of an outrageously attractive Merlin. And yes, Stephanie, I can see you purchasing the book from here, just so you know while I'm reading. I'm trying to mute my phone. <laughs> Merlin is a young left-handed bookseller, one of the fighting ones, who, with the right-handed booksellers, the intellectual ones, you hear that? The left-handed ones are the fighters, and the right-handed ones are the intellectuals. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Giving left-handed people a fucking name. Yeah, but the right-handed ones are intellectual, so there. They are are an extended family of magical beings who police the mythical and legendary old world when it intrudes on the modern world, in addition to running several bookshops. Susan's search for her father begins with her mother's possible misremembered or misspelt surnames, a reading room ticket, and a silver cigarette case engraved with something that might be a coat of arms. Merlin has a quest of his own to find the old world entity who used ordinary criminals to kill his mother. As he and his sister, the right-handed bookseller Vivian, tread the path of a botched or covered-up police investigation from years past, they find this quest, quest strangely overlaps with Susan's. Who or what was her father? Susan, Merlin, and Vivian must find out as the old world erupts dangerously into the new. Ordered. Now let me lead a little uh, for everybody out there who isn't so impatient and can wait for me to at least read the prologue before they go buy in the book. Now uh, let me uh, just just a, just a snippet. Wait, wait, wait. So the hardback was like eighteen bucks. Mm-hmm. Paperback is over forty. Supply and demand. I'm sure. Yep. Okay. There's the prologue. It was five forty-two a.m. on May Day, nineteen eighty-three, in the west of England and the sliver of the sun had edged above the ridge. But it was still cold and almost dark in the shallow valley, 
where the brook ran clear and straight until it made a sweeping left-hand curve before the weir a mile farther downstream. A bridge of three planks crossed the brook near farmhouse, carrying the footpath to the farther side, diverting walkers away. Not that this path was ever well-traveled. Walkers somehow failed to see the start of this particular path under the ancient oak next to the crossroads at the hamlet near the weir. A young woman came out of a farmhouse, yawning, her eyes half shut, her mind still mostly lost in a dream that had seemed so real. Susan Arkshaw, who had turned 18 years old as of two minutes ago, was striking rather than immediately attractive with her vibrant black eyebrows in stark contrast to her closely razored head, the stubble dyed white blonde. She wore a 1968 Jimi Hendrix summer tour t-shirt given to her mother 15 years ago by a roadie. The t-shirt was big enough to serve as a nightdress because she was not because she was not tall, though very wiry and muscular. People often thought she was a professional dancer or gymnast, though she was neither. Her mother, who was tall and slight without the muscle, said Susan took after her father, which was possibly true. Susan had never met him, and this was one of the few details her mother had ever shared. Susan walked to the brook and knelt to dip her hand in the cool, clear water. She had the recurring dream again, familiar since her childhood. She frowned, trying to recall it in more detail. It always started the same way, here at the brook. She could almost see it. By Catherine Teagan Books, September 2020, 416 pa- pages, age 14 and up. Yeah, I can't. I get it Friday. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> All right, that's all we got. Yeah, I, I've got so many books I want to start reading at the same time. It's fucked up. Well, you have one book. You have one thing that you need to be doing now. I know, I know. My I dear know. wife is going to be doing her own series on on a Saturday on a Saturday series on an author for us for Halloween. We're not going to tell you who it is, but very excited about it. That I get a few weeks off, and I get we get to reverse roles and. I get to play. Yeah, let's just say that. I get to play the educator. Yeah, I'm not going to be doing it in the same way that you do. Well, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. As long as we find out about this person's life, their history, their biography, what they wrote, how they wrote it, their family, stuff like that. As long as we get all the same information, you put it in any style you would like. Well, yeah. Of course, you're going to get that information. It's just... It's all matters. Get the information. Have it be at least a little bit entertaining. That's all I care about. I don't know if I can be entertaining. I'll pick up the slack. <laughs> I don't know if you can be entertaining. Thanks. Appreciate okay. that. Okay. Well, okay. I would say if I wanted to have this kind of abuse, I'd just stay home. And apparently, <laughs> here we go. Stephanie, why don't you uh, why don't you quit giving me shit for five seconds and give out our socials? <laughs> um, on the Twitter and on the Instagram, we are at open a f i n g book. We are at audio parfait, and I am at e c j b a t. I am at young e t a m six on Twitter, young e t a m on Instagram. Uh, go to our Goodreads account, goodreads.com slash audio parfait, and you can see all the stuff that Stephanie's been reading. Not the book she's currently reading for research, but yeah, everything else. on the hush-hush. Uh, and the books that I have researched for all the series that I have done up until now. Um, you can email us, info.audioparfait.com. Please tell us any authors you would like for us to cover, any books you're reading, the book, uh, what you think about the books we've covered. Or pretty much if you just want to shoot the shit, we're there to 
shoot the shit. Go to the webpage, audioparfait.com. Uh, you can listen to this show, all the episodes of Weekday Cliff Notes, all the episodes of our Saturday author series, and all the episodes of our other podcasts. I know it's not real, but that had to hurt, where we cover everything we love and hate about wrestling today. And there's a lot. Yeah. More, uh, for me, more on the hate side most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. True that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Also, there is a place on the webpage where you can contact us. Just click on the contact button and you can fill it out and send it to us. And uh, again, get get enough emails, get enough contact. We'll, we'll read some of them on air. Start a new author this Saturday. Uh, I know it's not a surprise anymore. I know what we're going to be doing. Like I said, last, well, I said Saturday. Don't know what we'll be doing next Saturday because I haven't got around to finishing oh, everything. Yeah, now I remember. So, so, <laughs> I like, who I the know fuck who, are we covering? I know who we're covering. You know who we're covering. And there's, <laughs> apparently I didn't and five seconds ago. And there's one other person who knows we we're covering because it'll be our first listener submitted author. And yeah, if she remembers. I'm sure she does. Again, you can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash audio parfait. We still have those stickers. And um but any donations that you give to us there will go back into the show to make the content and the quality as good as we can get it. And uh, for the research. Exactly. Because books usually aren't free. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rate and review wherever you're listening. Uh, Apple, you can rate and review. Spotify, you can follow. Stitcher, you can usually leave a comment. Uh, wherever you listen. Rate us if you can. Review us if you can. Five stars is always appreciated. Go to your local libraries. Volunteer if you can. Go to your local bookstores and buy a book from a local independent author. Uh, they need the help still. Just because we're bored with the pandemic doesn't mean the pandemic's over. People still need your help. So if you can help them, go out there and do it. Stephanie, I think we're done. I think we are done. All right. Well, finished. Not done. We are finished. Completed. The show has completed. Crescendo. And its course. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Between now and the time we get to talk to you again, do yourself a favor. Go open a fucking book. All right. We will see you. Bye, guys. Bye.